So uh, this is Andy Davis, the director of this movie you're going to see, Code of Silence. Uh, it started with an MGM logo, which is interesting because the first films I shot in Hollywood as a cameraman were for MGM. Uh, remakes of Get Carter and Asphalt Jungle for Gene Corman. And Danny Melnick was the executive at MGM at the time. And then the Orion catalog got bought. And uh, Mike Medavoy, Bill Bernstein, Eric Plesko, Arthur Krim were the people who hired me to do this movie. Ray Wagner was the producer uh, who had a background as a studio executive, was Sherry Lansing's partner at one point. And they asked me to do a Chuck Norris movie, which... Uh, was interesting because they had seen my film Stony Island and they thought there was a grittiness to that. And this was sort of the beginning of an ensemble of actors and a crew that I worked with for many years. So we got a lot of cooperation. Uh, this is the real Chicago police headquarters uh, and they're working away. The real, these are real calls coming in. This is not rehearsed. We just stole this shot one day. This is the 11th Street headquarters of the Chicago Police Department. Sue Kelly, a friend from college who went to law school and became a Chicago policewoman, helped arrange for us to be in here. I put her in the scene, actually, later. And uh, I had to bail a couple people out of this place in the 60s. And uh, these great actors we'll talk about through the way through. I don't want to disregard them, but they're too, too important to me to talk over these credits. And... Uh, we want, for locations, this is the city of Chicago, of course. This is under Lower Wacker. The flickers in those days, we just grabbed these shots. Maxwell Street. You're going to see my favorite hot dog stand coming up here in a minute. This is all gone now. This is part of the old immigrant part. My father sold straw hats in this area when he was a kid. Dan Ryan going south. Frank Tidy, my dear friend, the director of photography in this movie. We did three, four, five films together. Under Siege, Steel Big, Steel Little, David Frank, another great composer that we worked with. First time I worked with David, he also did Above the Law. So Michael Butler and Dennis Schreck wrote this script originally for Clint Eastwood. And then Michael Gray was brought on by me. He was my, one of the guys who gave me my first jobs in the business, who became the writer of uh, China's Syndrome and worked with me on The Fugitive. And so Michael and I worked with Dennis and Michael Butler's script and uh, got involved in trying to make it as real as we could in terms of what it would be like to be a Chicago cop who was caught in a mob war between Colombians, Italians, and Mexicans. And this is a real thing that happened. Uh, Bulldog Drummond, John Bulldog Drummond, the great Chicago crime reporter, when I asked him some questions about what would happen if an Italian tried to take on the Colombians, he told me a true story about a guy named Wally the Wiretapper who told him about the Herrera family that had a couple hundred thousand dollars on a table every Thursday afternoon, and the mob guys checked it out but decided it was too dangerous. Well, we decided to make a movie where they went ahead and did it. Ralph Foody in the foreground, Joe Gisaldo. He was the prosecutor in The Fugitive. All right, Craigie, I just got to take a leak, all right? Got to take a leak. Do it now. What, on some poor bastard's grave? This is a famous cemetery. A lot of famous Chicagoans are buried here. It's in Uptown. It was once a very fancy neighborhood. Then it got funky. Now it's being revisited again as a 
a new yuppie community. This is my dear friend Ronnie Barron, who I heard on a Paul Butterfield album and played one of the leads in Stony Island. And this is Wilbert Bradley, who was a choreographer who actually did Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and we hired him as a character. And Dennis Farina, who was still a policeman at the time, in one of his early movie roles. He had done theater with my father, Nate Davis, who's also in the movie. So Dennis was very helpful because he was a real cop. Gene Barge in the car with Ron Dean. Gene Barge was Daddy G with Gary in the U.S. Bonds. He, one of the great jazz and soul sax players on the left, produced Muddy Waters. So I took actors from my first movie, my second movie, my third movie, I kept working with them. Okay, home team, ready in a bullpen. Double play. This is This is famous Joe Casala, a policeman who really helped us a lot in several police movies. He was in four or five of my movies and uh, took us on ride-arounds, ride-alongs. He was pretty, he was a great cop and also an infamous cop. Probably killed a lot of people. I don't know if they deserve to die, but uh, he was well-known in Chicago as Crazy Joe. And... Uh, this neighborhood, I think, has gotten straightened up since then. I love this location because it, it's, it's the real deal. We didn't have to dress too much in here. Here's Ronnie, Ed Libbing. All these little lines he throws out. New Orleans. Grew up with Little Richard and Dr. John. They went to Brazil. The 12 people, they want to have a party. This is my vacation. Look, look, ain't this nice? I'm telling you, Spider, this ain't my style, man. I can dig it, baby. Even too much like real work, even for me. You'll have everything you want in another two hours. A lot of these lines are recorded later after the film was cut, filling in these holes here. This is Mario Nueves, who was part of a group of bodybuilders and uh, weightlifters who we put together to create the Camacho Gang. And these they're really tough-looking guys. They're all sweet. They're really nice guys. Had a lot of fun working on this. Watch it, watch it. Don't you know these guys spider? It's Ronnie improvising. I really enjoyed uh, uh, working with a lot of these actors because they could just come up with their own dialogue and make it real. Should have taken a Valium. I mean, nobody wrote that. Hey, man, these things will test your head. Typical uptown apartment in the period. Wilfred had he he understood Spanish. I like the way 
it smells. Where's that money? That's gonna be mine until it's yours. And it's yours so the man behind the table here was a Panamanian champion boxer, Ron Enriquez, well-known. And he was definitely into this scene, gold rings and dealing with all kinds of stuff. But he was a sort of a hero in Panama, a great face. Now here the guy's going to hit him. Mike Genovese. What the hell are those guys? Jack Kandel, another actor who worked with me in the package. These are Chicago theater people who were getting their first chances in movies. Ron Dean in the foreground. Many, many movies with me. And uh, also another Chicago institution. And Joe Casala, a cop who really helped me a lot. He wrote a lot of dialogue for our movies. He actually told me we could shoot under siege in Alabama because he had been in the Navy. And he says, you need a battleship? Go down to Alabama. It's owned by the state. Tidy did a great job lighting this stuff. It was very gritty, real. He shot The Duelists, which is a film that Frank uh, got a lot of recognition for it. Ray Wagner turned me on to Frank Tidy, the producer, and said, check this guy out, and I loved the work, and he was a sweetheart to work with. Here's Ronnie, doing all of this stuff. I was never into guns. I didn't care about guns. And I started doing these action movies, and then all these experts and gun experts, and I was like, oh, my God. This is the problem of the world today in Chicago, the problem of the world everywhere. The best. You Camacho do too much, man. I can't believe you guys. I see you. Parece que el hombre está contento, verdad? This really looks right, man. I feel some rocks up in here. This looks good. It's gonna make a lot of people feel good. Very happy. We had to take over two apartment buildings to make this work, as you'll see in a second. Diarrhea de la boca, diarrhea of the mouth. Okay, everybody, get ready. We had we didn't storyboard this, but we had a lot of cuts we knew we wanted to get. And uh, it was a challenge to keep all three of these different locations alive in the intercutting. Chuck did most of his stunts in this movie, and uh, his brother Aaron worked with him. He had a whole crew of stunt guys they brought with. That was a one-take deal. Yeah, don't be a drug dealer in Chicago.
here comes the title, Code of Silence, Foodie and Gazaldo. Craigie is his character name. Over the hill, shouldn't be on the streets. I didn't shoot her, Chuck. That was not real money, I don't believe. The movie didn't have that kind of a budget. And it's illegal to have money that looks that good, so I don't know how we got away with it. Those are real gang insignias on the wall. Very good that the L went by, that was for real. We didn't have to do that. No, no queuing of the L track. That was a, That didn't mean to break that window, but that person got a new window after that happened. David did a good job with the score here. I like this. Gangways between buildings, very common. So that sequence sort of got me settled in as an action director. I hadn't directed a film that had action before. And I remember John Milius saw that sequence and called Dino De Laurentiis and said, check this guy out. So here we go. Innocent kid accidentally shot. And here comes the throwdown gun, which is a common cop cover when you screw up. And... Uh, I don't know how many times this has happened in real life, but uh, this was modus operandi normal for a lot of cops. You screw up. He should have wiped his own fingerprints off of it first, though. What's the poor young cop going to do, you know? Citywide units, we have an officer shot, 4830 Kenmore. Request for additional ambulances. Several gunshot victims. Use caution. There are plainclothes units. This 11th Street is no longer there. It's now a fancy new headquarters. They told you to stay in there. Take it easy, Copalas. Sarge, the kid didn't dust him. I did. Him and me, Sarge. Kids saw the whole thing. Tell him, Nick. Yeah, yeah, 
that's what happened. Stay here, Craig. The aftermath. Lots of extras, lots of stuff going on. A lot of things put together here. Johnny Wilson was the production manager, and he did a great job keeping everything going. Listen to this. A bait shop. You get some worms, some minnows. We don't even have to get real worms. They're a storage problem. We'll get those rubber ones, you know? Dennis didn't have to open a bait shop. He wound up becoming a very successful actor. Jekyll is a butcher. Written on the spot by a cop. You know, Sarge, I don't think these guys know who their friends are. Now this scene is haunting to me because I went to high school with the infamous John Burge who tortured people after he came back from Vietnam as a detective. And uh, scaring people and threatening them is what this is going on now. But the reality is that Chicago police have uh, done some pretty infamous things in their life, getting forced confessions out of people who spent years and years in jail. These are our ethical cops. Tell them, Chuck. Book them. This is River Forest. Uh, Suburb of Chicago, right near Oak Park. A lot of Chicago outfit guys like to live here. Bella. Mike Genovese, Molly Hagen is his daughter. Young actress here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Ready? All right. I'll be now open. Oh. Meher Ahmed was our production designer who I worked with many, many times afterwards. He's a very talented guy. He had been at Northwestern. So all this touching of the set dressing, Karen O'Hara was a set dresser, I believe. She's won Academy Awards. These are young filmmakers at the beginning of their careers who wound up going to Hollywood, a lot of them from Chicago. None of your lip today. Nice, strong feminist approach to her gangster father. Nothing's changed. Today's mom's birthday. She deserves better than this, and so do we. I think Molly was at Northwestern when she did this. This is my friend Lou Damiani, who was a Trenton cop, war hero from World War II, who turned me on to all kinds of interesting stories, and I developed a movie called Steel Big, Steel Little, based upon Lou's life. Alan Arkin played him. You put somebody on the house, and you, you look after her. you gone fucking crazy. You're starting a war. You're putting a whole off. Never acted before. Just a real thing. You keep your mouth shut. What Mr. Scalise don't know won't hurt him.
Happy birthday. I miss Lou Damiani. This is Bert Remsen, who was a favorite of Robert Altman and Hal Ashby, and was a casting director. And uh, we brought him out for, to be in the movie. And uh, an old, old, great actor who, his credits are unbelievable. Look him up, Bert Remsen. Lucy Partita. Lucy Partita. Partita is my, my wife's maiden name. A lot of names I use over and over. Friends of mine from high school. There's a guy named Zingaro in here. Doesn't sound like you got anything to worry about. Palace, you work with Cusack until this is over. Yes, sir. All right, that'll be. We shot this at an an old police station that had been closed, and we were able to take it over and make it into a set. I like being on location. I'd rather be on location any time over a studio for most situations. Where they take Dorado. The history f gets into the cells of the actors. I don't have time to be nursemaiding a rookie. I don't need a partner. That's right, you don't need a partner. You need a goddamn keeper. Jesus Christ, how do I explain this one downtown? We gave you 600 man hours. You took a month to plan a damn thing. I don't think Chuck had worked with actors of this caliber before this movie. And uh, something funny happens pretty soon. I'll show you. He's got a bigger problem. This Luis Camacho's crazy. He's not going to take this lying down. Well, that's all I need, a goddamn war. Right, what about this business with Craigie? You know what I think of Craigie. All right, I'll deal with downtown. You find out who burned the Camachos before they do. Tates. Hey, Eddie, you had a good setup. Too bad it went to hell. Yeah. So this is a morgue scene. I don't remember where we shot this. This is Henry Silva, who amazing history as an actor. Andre Marquis, who was a real Colombian, who I met working as a cameraman in Bogota, hired me to be a director of photography on a movie he produced. Andre Marquis and Henry Silva, who is one of the most infamous characters there is in terms of his credits. I remember him as a kid in Viva Zapata with Brando. This is definitely a real morgue and a real hospital. I think this is Mount Sinai. How you doing, Sarge? La Familia. Good-looking group of mobsters, huh? Hey, I can talk to you. So what's going to be discussed now is the Colombian necktie, which is a real thing of a Colombian necktie and he describes what's going on and Andre Marquis was the one who sort of revealed this what they call this treatment of people beautiful why don't you give it to me right now come we're running late hey Eddie you better grow eyes in the back of your head Come on. Ah, 
So this facility was a police gym in Chicago. In World War II, they built tanks in this facility and they've been taken over as a training ground. Uh, they actually had the ring there, the weight room. And these are a lot of real cops around at the time. Natural skylight all coming in. We didn't have to get on the roof for this one. Listen to this. Two G's, we open up a beef and sausage stand just outside of Wrigley Field. You dish out the beef. If you would have opened up a beef and sausage place across from Wrigley Field, he'd be a billionaire. Well, how are we going to watch the games if we're hawking hot dogs? At least after last year. I never thought of that. Hey, Davis. I have a word with you, man. Hey, Amato, when you're true playing with that thing, I want to talk to you. Joey. Yeah. I want you to help me get some signatures on this petition for Craigie. Yeah, no problem. I figured out on the 14th. At lunchtime, you get somebody down there. Cops supporting cops. There was a cop in Chicago who was the world's strongest man. He was competing with Schwarzenegger, and bodybuilder. And he had been shot by his wife or girlfriend and had survived. He had muscles that could stop bullets. You betcha. I pass. What the fuck's the matter with you? He's burned out, Brennan. You know it. Oh, get off your high horse. He made a couple mistakes, okay? The man was a hero. Ron, had, Ron Dean, who played several cops for me, had been in trouble as a kid, serious trouble. Went to state reformatory and got out. And it was so interesting because he became friendly with some of the cops later on, and he had been involved in uh, the death of a cop as a kid and became a, a revered Chicago actor, straightened his life out and... Continue to have a good career. So this was the beginning of robots being used by the police department. They're pretty commonplace now. And this device, we found some company that had it and was willing to let us use it. And I think this is really funny because John Mahoney, who became very famous for all of his roles, especially Frazier in television, did a lot of theater, a revered actor. It's a very technical conversation he's got to have about describing this thing. And Chuck Norris didn't know who this guy was. He was unknown at the time. And Chuck's going, he keeps blowing his lines. Where'd you get this guy? Which was wonderful because he won an Emmy a few years later, you know. And I got a kick out of that later. After the gyros are locked... Any movement of the hand controller is duplicated by the prowler. Now, the simple control system means that even semi-skilled employees can operate the He's unit... He's talking about minimum. you, Cusack, so pay attention. You've all got to qualify on this. System. It's the future. As they say, even a child can operate it. You're looking at the perfect cop. Part of the handheld control unit the damn thing follows orders. Another gun without a brain. Good dialogue. Another gun without a brain. Man would like to pick someone to try to elude Prowler. I'll show you our target acquisition system. Paul, police, throw down your weapon. 
We will not harm you. Please place your hands above your head. Drop it. You are under arrest. Please do not resist. Thank you for your cooperation. <laughs> This is Les Podwell, who's an old friend of my father's, the Chicago actor, going back to the 30s. Looks like you did a hell of a job on him. You can see his hands are all arthritic. Yeah, he's just a punk thief. Looks like he graduated. Well, he sure flunked house painting. Get an uncle. Serve time together. What the hell's his name? Uh, Gaglioni? Gamiani. Gamiani. I think we should get to know him better. I guess we use Lou's real name. Got a release. All these scenes, we just grabbed him. We didn't have permits. We just say, let's go get some. So the tailors are medic, and some french fries late at night. See the rust under the rocker panels, the real Chicago natural touch. This is the Gold Coast, near Hefner's house. Gamiani is a real swinger, huh? Goodbye. Mm. Here we go. The beautiful neighborhood. It's about a block from Lake Michigan, the north side near Lincoln Park. It's Mike James walking with uh, Lou there, uh, who was in my first movie. Well, Old friend of mine from the 60s. But he's got great eyes, Molly and these kids. I think the girl eating popcorn is Joe Casala's daughter. Lincoln Park Zoo. I stayed across from Lincoln Park Zoo with my family. My wife was pregnant with our second child. She was born the last day of shooting. And I, it was Bugsy Siegel's old apartment. The mobster who was in Casino helped start Vegas. So lions, cops, gangsters, it's all part of the fabric of Chicago. What are you doing here? Your papa worries about you. Get out of here, Lou, and leave me alone. 
go see the ducks, okay? So these kind of sequences are hard to write because, you know, it's a montage of following and a, and you, you can't sort of put on paper what it's going to feel like because the visuals can't be written this extensively. Yeah, come on, come on, let's hey, Jenna. Hi. Mobsters protecting. The boss's daughter, the cops following the mobsters. Chicago Public Library. This has all been redone. It was the old GAR Museum, Grand Army of the Republic. It was upstairs here. It had all kinds of stuff from Lincoln and the Civil War. There it is. It doesn't exist anymore. There's a great building in the old library. The new library is great too, but this is, they don't build them like this anymore. off in Michigan. That newsstand was in my first movie. Grant Park across the street has all been rebuilt now. So this is a gallery uh, that's in a neighborhood that's now part of a whole burgeoning art scene and uh, taking old industrial buildings and turning them into studios, galleries. I think the artist is a, a guy named Jeff who was the boyfriend of one of the costumers and he was a real artist. Thanks a lot for stopping by. I'll, I'll, I'll see you downstairs maybe later. He is really a character. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to help. 
Well, we should set up a date sometime, and I can move and uh, help you hang it. No, really, I'd be delighted to. Uh, oh, have you seen some of uh, Excuse me. Who was that girl you were talking to? The one in the black slacks? I think I know her. Diana Luna. Wonder where this artist today. Understand it? Sure. Don't you? Mm -mm. I read a Cusack. I make it out of the cup. That obvious, huh? <laughs> All these beautiful girl. Woman. Now. When are you guys gonna realize that I have nothing to do with my father's business, Uncle Scalise's business, or any of it? So why don't you just leave me alone? Well, it's nice meeting you. Oh, oh my God! Oh. Well, I thought I was feeling good, but uh, happy? Woo! No way! <laughs> you betcha. So the two women around the artist taking coke are the assistants of the producer and the wife of the producer. Shame on them, being in a scene with cocaine being used in a movie. Kobus, this is Sergeant Cusack. I want a team to cover a house on the southwest side. Luna, L-U-N-A, Anthony. Yeah, crazy Tony Luna. I don't know if he's around, but if he shows up, bring him in. Thanks. Catch you later. That was very nice of him. He's back in River Forest. even in town. They'll get the word. Mrs. Luna, come away from the window. Great faces. Now this is the old Meg's Field area. The harbor, I think, is still there. Again, the yellow sweater is my father, Nate Davis. Playing Felix the Rail Scalise. So the Soldier's Field is now completely got a dome over it in the background. It's a completely new stadium. Yesterday's numbers on Phoenix, huh? 
This is before the internet, I think. What the hell are you doing here? Oh, asshole. <laughs> The modern age's answer to the crystal ball. Marvelous. If you're not. And I'll do this on your watch now. Listen, if you got some extra cash, buy oranges. The price is low, and I can promise you there's gonna be a trucking strike. Is that a bribe, Mr. Scalise? It's a prediction. No. I wouldn't try to bribe Eddie Cusack. They tell me you're incorruptible. My father was a very recognized Chicago actor. Wound up being part of the Tony Award-winning company of Grapes of Wrath on Broadway with Steppenwolf, Gary Sinise, uh, Frank Galati directed, and he was in a lot of my movies, and he's probably most well-known to younger kids as the Grandpa in Holes. Goodbye, Mr. Cusack. Nobody talks, right? That's right. Sir. And I think one of the reasons I like actors so much is because my father was one. And I felt comfortable around them and understood their need for support, positive recognition, guidance, tenderness. I'm going to find Tony Luna. And I'm going to nail his ass. And anyone else connected to him. You got that? Why, you punk. Nobody threatens me. It's not a threat, Mr. Scalise. No! It's a prediction. Now, today, they're going to be brought up on charges for doing something like that. This is a Lincoln Park, again, right by the zoo. A beautiful city. You should visit sometime if you haven't been to Chicago. Tony Luna's bag man. They call that a Colombian necktie. They found the manager of Tony's restaurant hanging from a meat hook in the kitchen. Looked like someone tried to carve a canoe out of him. Tony's used car lot on Ashland is burning as we speak. Head salesman is fried zucchini. Oh, Jesus. It's starting. Now, some famous director would say, I wanted the blood to match the roses, but we had no intentions of that. It just happened. Good morning, Mrs. Luna. Good morning. Don't the eggplants look wonderful? Wow. How did I get that lady to do that?
out in front in the street. Looks like a war zone. How many victims, 1021? Five so far. Four adult females, one adult male. All Caucasian. This is Cusack. Was there a girl? Late teens? Brownish hair? Negative. We got four adult females, pretty chewed up. The youngest looks about 40. What kind of people are these guys? They're all handheld shots in the car. All the dialogue stuff was handheld. Airy BL in those days. The city offered some great locations. You know. And... We knew how to do it because the crew was from the city and understood how we had good light, space to move the camera. The man stabbing Lou was the famous guy in the French Connection, Alex Stevens, who you'll see later is the guy who jumps off the train with Chuck. The New York stuntman we brought in for this special look. I remember how we moved the camera here. your weapons. Left hand. Up against the wall. Move it. You heard me, Angel. Diana, come here. Back! Angel, llévatela. Vete, eh? Angel, let her go.
the Chicago transit system and the L especially has been an integral part of almost every movie I've shot there. Above the law, the package, the fugitive. There's always something happening on the L. It's the lifeline of the city, Stony Island. The major sequences in the L. I rode the L all the time as a kid, constantly. Get downtown from the far south side. The north side, when I was a kid, used to go around the corners and think we were going to fall off the tracks, screeching, metal on metal. So I guess we commandeered the train. Yes, we did. Definitely did. These are extras, I guess. Yes. So we had to do a lot of preparation for this because, uh, as you'll see, it's a very dangerous stunt. There's Frank Tidy in the left side there with a beard. That's the cameraman, the director of photography. And uh, Frank was there to take meter readings, so we just made him an extra. So this, this sequence uh, scared the sh shit out of me. You can beep that out if you want. It scared the crap out of me because there wasn't a lot of safety. They wanted to, Chuck wanted to do it this way. They put some wooden platforms on top to make it more stable. Those wooden, that, that platform was added to the train, but they're walking free. There's no wire on there. And the third rail is 440 volts right below. And probably the most dangerous part of this was actually falling in the river because you could digest something in the river and not make it to dinner. Get something in your ear and be brain dead in a couple days. So that was a good that was a good fake. The magic of movies. This is one of the first uh, cop movies shot in Chicago um, since Daly died. Uh, he died in 77, I believe, 76, 77. And uh, there hadn't been too many Hollywood movies made. Mayor Daly wouldn't allow guns to be used in a movie in Chicago because of the connotation of the Al Capone capital. 
So when he died, things loosened up a bit. And now you got guns everywhere. But uh, this is where Roger Ebert used to like to take a walk. The Sun Times is right down the street, and Roger would walk along here, right along the edge of the river and Wacker, Lower Wacker. It was. Chuck did a good job not making this corny and being a, a real character, empathetic, and uh, trying to keep him believable as a Chicagoan. This is Alan Hamilton, who came down from the Guthrie Theater in Minneapolis to work with us. And I worked with him again several times after this. He was a, he had a big role in the package, the general. And he's a well-respected actor from the Midwest. Hi, kid. She won't go into protective custody, and I couldn't leave her out there alone. A spot like this. I spent 30 years on the spot. Can you put her off until I find her old man? Whatever you need. Hey, Brennan, I heard you're gonna retire when you. So this sequence, Joe Casale, who was writing on Farina's leg, told me about this. This is a, this is a goofy sequence that is a real story. Some crazy guys tried to hold up a bar and turned out to be a police bar. And this is what happened. Hey, why don't you come by and tip a few? <laughs> come on, come on, have a few beers with me. Do you good. Oh, come. Do I know it's late? I know it's late. <laughs> hey, Eddie. I gotta talk to you. Yeah, it might. All right, great. Okay, thanks, Bill. So this is uh, Dennis Cockrum and Zaid Farid, and they did a great job with this sequence. They're Chicago theater actors doing this comedy. Piece of cake, man. That too. German fucking chocolate. Piece of cake, man. So you go check it out, man? Trust me, please. You sure? Look, man, you know the drill. I go to the back. Right. You go to the bar. Right. You order a drink. Right. What you gonna order? What the hell's the difference? You I'm got not to know what you gonna order when you're going to God You're trying to make me nervous. Look, relax. What do you have a toothpick? Man, fuck a toothpick, man. Let's go get some money.
So these guys worked that routine out pretty much by themselves. I mean, I was off getting things ready, working with the lighting and figuring out what the rest of the night was going to be. And I came back and I said, All right, show me what you got. And they had created this little shtick in the car together. So you hire actors who don't need much direction and you're in good shape. So in this real cop bar, that's all there were, cops. So when these two guys walk in, they're really out of place. How you doing? Give me a black Russian and a Kavassier, straight up. Where's all the dancing girls, shaving their legs? <laughs> Guys is the brains of the outfit. You stupid motherfucker. Don't cock sucker. Bring that piece of shit over here. Come here, Warm brain, brain, motherfucker, you! Kiss the bar. Oh, lady told me he was fucked up in the head. Do I listen? Don't be a piece of cake, man. Nothing to it, man. Don't be a slide, man. Listen to my old lady. Squire, you old lady, man. Everybody else. Fuck you, you Mickey Mouse. Guys, come from and get him out of here. What do you do if you don't have someone? You find someone. Do you hold me? Chuck's good. He's a good actor. Give me a favor and shoot me, man. Don't bless his mouth anymore. Hey, man, you can't. I'll make it Jane Wayne. Kasala, make it Jane Wayne. Let's just shut the F up. Try to stick us up. We called the station 45 minutes ago for a wagon. They didn't believe us. They thought we were putting them out. <laughs> hey, Eddie, Eddie, partner, come here. Now, Farina was from the South Side. He never would have worn a Cubs hat, but for the movie, he did. Very oral. This, this is Marlene. She works for a proctologist. Don't turn your back on me. Eddie, have a drink. I got a proposition for you. 
later it's oh well okay just let me plant two words in your brain alligator farm alligator farm misogynist dialogue from a cop Dennis was capable of doing that thanks how's it girl she's fine Fucker. What's he doing down here? Beer? Yeah. Wait, Val, give me another Southern Comfort, will you? You know, I really want to be a good cop, eh? Sometimes it gets so scared, you know? Only a fool doesn't get scared. So easy for you. I could get all the answers, you know? But for me, I don't... smoking bars in those days and drink Craigie planted the gun in that kid he just wasted him blew him away and then I went right along with my partner now I don't know what I'm gonna do about that hearing tomorrow tell the truth <laughs> See? They make it sound so easy. I got a wife. I got a kid. And you're telling me to commit suicide. How the fuck am I supposed to live with these guys if I sell out my own partner? And if you don't? Craig gets away with it. A chance to do it again. It was a mistake. It was a fucking accident, all right? And a kid was killed because of it. I know it. Don't you think I fucking know that? You know, my attitude towards police was very conflicted for a long time. Of course, from 68 in Chicago, being chased by the Chicago police as a young cameraman. And the whole civil rights thing and racism and corruption. But going around with Kasala and seeing what was going on, you realize that the, the, you know what separates you from some person who's going to really yeah, okay, kill you, rob you, sure. rape your nice family. If it wasn't for the cops, it'd be pretty bad. So the balance between ethics and doing the job is a very, very tough job. It's worse today, I think, because of all the kids who are armed, all the, the guns that are out there, the frustrations of poverty... It's a very, very tough job. But now we have an army instead of a police department. If it was dark, officer, how were you sure Vega had a gun? Uh, we got lucky. There was a, a glint of light. That we... I hope that's garlic and not uh, salt, because otherwise he's going to kill somebody. You have heard Mrs. Murillo's testimony. Yes, ma'am. You have heard her tell this panel that she saw you lay the gun in her grandson's hand. I'm not saying the woman would make this up, but... There's no way she could have seen anything from where she was standing in a hallway that dark. Like you said, she's the boy's grandmother. Hey, young lady, you are about to have the specialty of the house, eggs Pirelli. 
got your protein, your carbohydrates, vitamin D, vitamin C, good for you, strength, eat now. <laughs> And right after you heard Officer Craigie's gun discharge, what did you do then? I immediately advanced down the hall. And what did you see? The deceased, Vega, lying on the floor. Officer Craigie was checking his vital signs. What happened then? We recovered a 25 caliber automatic from the teenager's right hand. Did you see that weapon in Vega's hand before Officer Craigie fired? Yes, ma'am. No more questions. You made that uniform look good. And a guy next to me. Handsome devil, huh? I said he's dead. Better than a good cop. He was killed in the line of duty. 71. An accident. what every household needs in their kitchen. superior officer, are you not? Craig is in my unit, yes. Did you request that Officer Craigie be in your tag team? I did not. Sergeant, I have here a department document dated 24 September of last year. It is a request by you to have Officer Craigie transferred to another unit. Are you familiar with this document? I am. Why did you request... When you look at this film, uh, very consciously trying to sell the interracial minority aspect of the times of Chicago. 20 years before, there'd be no women, no blacks on a panel like this. Seems to me the man's got his tongue stuck to his asshole. Hey, that don't bother him. He's a fucking white knight. Sorry, sir. That number seems to be out of service. I'll report it if you want me. You want to take on the whole world by yourself? Now you're going to get your chance, Cusack. This is part of Cook County Jail facility right next door to it. Those people watching are not extras. They just saw Chuck Norris in a 
police car and they wanted to watch. We just got here, Sarge. He was a friend of yours, wasn't he? More than a friend. Where's the girl? Uh, there was nobody else. Spot, this is 1462. I need backup. Have 64 and 63. Attack 4. Meet me at the billiard parlor on 18th. You're a 10-4, 1462. 10-4, 63. 1463. Come on, Freddy. Shot time. 1463, you've got a 1462 request. So I know the date of this. This is November 22nd, 1984, because my wife was in labor as this was going on. I had to leave the set and go and get her in the hospital. And uh, she was born later that night, and I came back later. That's Sue Kelly, the policewoman who helped us a lot of this. Hey, Jack, do you have a backup for 18th and Halstead? You heard what happened. Who the hell's gonna back him up? You're playing fucking games, Brendan. You want to respond, I suggest you take a cab. Because this car ain't going no place for that son of a bitch. Zone 10, we're not getting any help for car 62. Somebody assist car 62, he's alone. Go, 20. Well, you're breaking up here. We're going in for a radio check. This is uh, 18th Street, Pilsen, a Latino neighborhood. Also become very, very hip now. And uh, this is the real pool hall in the neighborhood. You don't want to be in here. I want your opinion. I'll beat it out of you. That's a favorite line for macho crazies. Get your ass out of here. Talk, asshole. He's, he's on his way. Amigo, 
How about you, huh? So this is uh, choreographed, staged, the help of a lot of people. Aaron Norris, we just got kicked in the face, Chuck's brother, and uh, the team of his stunt puppies, local guys. That's Chuck's brother. You all right, man? I'll live. Oh, look at Eddie. I had a dinner, but those guys kept it from me. Eddie, I've been talking to this friend of mine. Maggie works on a computer over at the Federal Building. You're gonna die. They've got Diana Luna. No, 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 no. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. She got a wire that Tony Luna's been laying his head down in Wisconsin, and he's coming in town tonight at the Union Station at 10 o'clock. Hey, Eddie. Hey, Eddie. So this is Union Station. Uh, 
Several movies have been shot here. Uh, the Untouchables. We shot the package here. Stony Island here. Great old Grand Station. start this you were always that way you're like a kid see something grab it. so several people have written about how many times my father died in my movies uh, and uh, I, I I brought him back to life a couple times too but uh, I'm only here to this was uh, the second time he died in Stony Ireland and then This is Lower Wacker. Uh, tunnels are great for action sequences because you get a tremendous sense of speed. So we closed it down. Oh, this is what a handheld roaring through here. There's a handheld shot. I think I did that one myself. Dangerous. Mounted on the front bumper. These are all stunt guys driving these cars. It's fast. It's really fast. Ooh. I think we woke up half a downtown that night. This is in the, where all the rich people live, blocks away. They didn't like this. Ah, the Chicago River. I like the lighting here. You tell Luis. I've got Tony Luna. I want a time and a place. 
Schade. This is the guy who ran the police gym. Frank Strozier was his name. He was a football coach. So now we're going out to the far south side, just near where I was raised, by the steel mills. Use this bridge in chain reaction with Keanu. And uh, this is an abandoned old warehouse, which I think they also used for making World War II equipment. It was huge, huge warehouse factory. Take the girl back. Okay. Right on the edge of the Calumet River, Calumet Seaway. About 130 south by the lake. So this is part of the St. Lawrence Seaway link to Lake Michigan. And ships from Russia used to come in here to pick up grain during the Cold War. And we did some trade with Russia. Farmers in the Midwest could ship their grain out from here. Steel came in, I hear. Huge industrial part of Chicago, one of the most heavily industrial parts in the world. These grain elevators would hold the, all of the resources of the Midwest the farmers would send. When I was a kid, one of those green elevators caught on fire. It was a huge fire. It lasted for weeks. I don't know. I was in there watching films with my girl. The next thing I know, he locked the door. He took the truck, went out the south end. I don't know what happened. Okay, what the hell's going on here? Kusak took off with a whole truckload of armor. It's a fucking one-man army now. What did I tell you? The son of a bitch is crazy. Okay, everybody, no more games. Where's Cusack? He's saving the world. Here are those flat A's in there. The real Chicago 
dialect. This is our R2-D2, I guess. Wow. Petty's out there by himself, and you guys are gonna let him die? Fuck all of you. Hey, kid, cool it. Cool it? No. No, 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 you fucking cool it. I ain't gonna lie for you anymore. You laid a gun on that kid. You blew him away, and I saw the you whole fucking thing. little bastard. Hey, hey, come on, come on. Hey, come on. Hey, 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 Craigie, come follow Make it out. Come on. What's this for, partner, huh? Your next fuck-up? You better be straight, Apollos. Your badge is on the line. If I can't do this right, you could have it. Get someone in the air. We're gonna find Cusin. That was quite a jump. That was quite a fall. That was like almost 200 feet, I think. Rail capital of the world. Those wheels are going to be sold for scrap. So this shot got me a job with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Andy, I loved the way Chuck walked in. I wanted to look just like that. team of technicians operating the prowler here. The roof, we didn't do that to the roof. It was already caved in and we used it as a light source.
special effects guy was called Bob Shelley, and he was, uh, he had a hot hand here. The crew would shake their heads sometimes, thinking they're going to survive. But nobody got hurt. Lucky. Stopped doing these kind of movies years later. Great set. Watch this years later, the logistics of who goes where, who gets shot where, what do you have to prepare for the stunts, who has doubled who. It's a lot of work. Tidy did a really good job lighting this. Some of his natural light integrated with his lighting and see his sunset, that's all that amber light is for the real thing. See how cold it is? See the breath coming out of his mouth? Come on out, your chicken shit! It was cold and damp.
So the locations are a big part of this movie. The texture, the graphics. I was lucky to go back to the old neighborhood and take advantage of the funky south side. I miss a lot of the people in this movie. They're not here anymore. A lot of, a lot of dear friends and crew members and actors, family members. So it's interesting to see it years later and be able to talk about it. I really enjoyed working with Chuck. He was very cooperative, hardworking. He had a great crew with him. And uh, it turned out to be one of his better movies, they say. I got a great idea. Mail order Christmas trees. Well, think about it. It began the career of lots of people, including myself. And uh, I was very grateful for Orion, Mike Medavoy, and the team for giving me the opportunity to do this. We didn't have a crane, and I wanted to get a high shot, so we, we had a tower razor here. Use that to go up a few inches. Thanks for watching the movie, everybody.